So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3 with me this, this evening and, and stand in honor of God's word. We'll begin reading in verse 1. And uh, I, I want to preach a message here tonight. Revival. Revival. And so as we read here in verse 1, it says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious. In those days there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim, and he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. He ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, or here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, that thou callest me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt speak. Thou shalt say, Speak, Lord. For thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you for the songs that were sung tonight. I thank you for the special from these dear ladies. I pray, Lord, tonight you'll bless us, Lord, with your word now. God, you've already prepared our hearts already. Father, I felt like you've already met with me. And uh, God, as we prayed at 5 o'clock today, Lord, I, I enjoyed God, that prayer meeting and that time together with your people, God, as they were crying out to God for help and crying out to God for a revival, crying out to God that you'd save, God, crying out to God that you'd touch your people and touch your church tonight, Lord. That's my heart's desire just to see, God, everyone in this room, God, to live and to love God and to worship our Savior, oh God, and to, to live, Father, a life of joy and live a life tonight, dear God, that will bring pleasure into your sight father i ask you now lord that that you'd send a revival god should send a fire god should send tonight dear god what we need and exactly what we need in order to get our mind and our heart in right condition god that we may live in these last days waiting on your return father i pray that you anoint me with your spirit guard our lips and our mind god is this evening in christ's name we pray amen and amen revival Revival is when God appears tonight, and that's our desire that God would appear tonight. You know, I would ask that God would appear in our homes. Amen? A revival is when, when God does appear in your home, when God does show up in your home, when God is in your home, when God appears in your home, you'll find revival. Not only when God appears in your home, but God appears in your church. That when you come to church, God is there and God appears to you. Amen. God is the one who appears in the city that you live in. And tonight when God appears, you're going to find revival. Whether it's a city, whether it's your home, or whether it's church tonight, 
it will be a revival. Revival tonight is meeting with God. Revival tonight is when God comes down. Amen. Now, he's come down in the past. He's came down there in the days of, of uh, the Israelites, days of Moses, when he came down in a pillar of fire. There's another time when he came down in the days of Solomon, when he came there in the temple, and the glory of the Lord filled that temple. God came down that day. There's a time when God came down in the way of the womb of the Mary, and when the Jesus was born, God came down. God came down in the day of Pentecost, whenever the Spirit of God empowered uh, those people uh, to move forward and to move out with God. God came down. And so we have some instances, not all, but some tonight where we found that God came down. God appeared in those instances. And tonight we're asking, God, would you appear? God, would you appear in our homes? Would you appear in our church? Would you appear in our lives? We find tonight revival is when God reveals himself. When God reveals himself to our heart. Whenever we're hearing the word of God and we're hearing the preaching, the preaching the word of God and singing and God manifests himself to us, he reveals himself to us and in our heart we meet with God. In our heart God reveals himself and who glorious that he is tonight. You'll find revival. You'll find revival when he reveals himself to our very need, the need that we have. Uh, not the need that we think we have, but the need that God knows we have tonight. And he'll reveal himself and we'll find revival when God reveals himself about our need. But then he'll reveal himself to our life, where our life is, where we're headed, where we're going, where we come from. And tonight when God reveals himself, there will, there will be a revival. We'll be able to see God. We'll be able to see Christ. We'll be able to see the preaching. We'll be able to see God in trials and God in joy and God in Christ and God in trouble and God uh, in our day and God in our night. And we'll find that revival is seeing God and seeing the Lord tonight in the midst of our lives, in the midst of our services, in the midst tonight of who we are. God has revealed himself in creation. And tonight we know that he can reveal himself. He's revealed himself in his own word. Amen. He has revealed himself in the works of God. He's seen, we've seen God in the works tonight. And so we know that he's revealed himself. We ask tonight, God, would you please appear to us? God, would you real, reveal yourself to us tonight? God, we ask you, Lord, that you'd speak to us. Speak to us by your word. Speak to us by your spirit of God. God, preach the word of God with fire. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd help us to sing the word of God with fire. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us tonight to teach the word of God with fire. We pray that we'd live the word of God with fire. You see, that's revival tonight. And I pray tonight that God would send us this revival, this needed revival, the revival fire that we need. Amen. And so tonight, let's begin on what the Lord has laid on my heart concerning this subject. I want you to notice in First Samuel chapter 3 of the truth of the lamp of God. The truth of the lamp of God. As we look in the scripture, we find in verse 3, there's that term. It says, lamp of God went out into the temple of the Lord. And so we want to know the place of the candle, the place of, the, of this lamp. It was placed on the lamp stand or the lamp or the candlestick. Amen. And so this lamp was the candlestick. It was in the holy place. 
And so we're, we're talking about a lamp of God uh, placed on the candlestick in the holy place. And we're not talking about just sitting out in the wilderness somewhere or sitting out in somebody's home somewhere or sitting out in some building somewhere. We're talking about the lamp of God, uh, the place on the candlestick where there was in the holy space. Now, when you walk into the holy place, you'll find on the left the candlestick. Amen. Then you'll find on the right the showbread. And then you'll find right dead center, you'll find the altar of incense. Now, right in behind the altar of incense, you'll find the veil. And then you'll find the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant, amen, and where the Shekinah glory would bring forth. We find that in contained in the Ark of the Covenant tonight uh, is beyond the veil in the Holy of Holies is the manna. We also know within that ark is the Aaron's bud, the Aaron's rod that budded, and then we know that the Ten Commandments is there as well. And so it's an important part of the furniture in the way of worship. It's an important part of, of the way of the Shekinah glory or the presence of God. And so in that holy place, the only way that you'll be able to see the showbread and the altar of incense is this candlestick that has the lamp of God in it. The only way, the only light in the holy place is this lamp, the lamp of God. Now, what is the purpose of the candlestick? The purpose of the candlestick is to give light in the holy place. It dispense darkness and bring light. We also know the purpose of it. It represents life to God's people. Whenever this lamp of God is shining and the lamp of God is lit there on the candlestick, it always represented that God gives life to his people. And while as long as that's burning, as long as that's shining, they know that God has given life to them. It represents as well tonight the light that God gives to the world, that the world can be saved, the world can come to know God. And this light that is burning, this light that is shining, is God is giving the world hope that they can be saved, hope that they can be born again, their sins can be forgiven, and have eternal life. And so this light within this holy place has a purpose. But then I want you to notice not only the place of the candlestick within the holy place, but I want you to notice the purpose of it, but then thirdly, the production of it, the production of the candlestick. In the lamp holder, uh, we find that in Exodus chapter 25, so hold your hand there in Samuel, turn to Exodus. In Exodus chapter 25, it gives us a clarity of the production of it, of how is it's made. And so we see there in verse 31 of chapter 25 of Exodus, it says, Thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall be the candlestick be made, his shaft, his his branches, his bowls, his knobs, his flowers shall be of the same. And so we find that this lamp holder is of pure gold. Pure gold. Not just a percentage of gold, but of pure gold. We find in Leviticus, if you turn there with me, Leviticus chapter 24, and look there in verse 2. Leviticus chapter 24. So we find the lamp holder was made of pure gold. We find tonight that the lamps was filled with pure olive oil. Chapter 24 in verse, in verse 2. Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil, olive beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn 
continually. So we find now that the candlestick, turn to Exodus chapter 30 and verse 29. Exodus 30, verse 29. And the Bible says concerning tonight the candlestick, not only the lamps, not only the holder, but the candlestick. Chapter 30 and verse 29. The Bible says, And thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever touches them shall be holy. Now what is he talking about? In verse 27 he says, And the table and all his vessels and the candlestick. And his vessels and the altar of incense. And so we find that this candlestick is, is going to be holy. It's going to be pure. And so we have a candlestick that's pure. We got the candle holder that's made out of pure gold. We got the, the lamp tonight that's, that's filled with pure olive oil. And so the friend the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 24 and verse 2 that the light is going to be pure as well. It says there in that Leviticus term there with me or back, to you, back there if you don't mind. Leviticus 24 and verse 2. The Bible says concerning the light. It says, to cause the lamps to burn continually. And we find that a phrase again in verse 3, without the veil, the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation that, Sharon, that, that Aaron order it from the evening unto the morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a statue forever in your generations. Verse 4, he shall order the lamps upon the pure candlestick before the Lord continually. Now, that word continually means constant. There's a never a time is that that oil will not be placed within that lamp and that candlestick not be lighted continually. It means to be constantly lit. Never allow the lamp to go out. Never allow the light to go out. Never. It means constant. It means always. And that word continually says, and it says it three times, and God's making a point to continually let the light shine. Continually the lamp will be burning. Continually, always, never to go out. Never let the light out. Daily it means tonight. Continually means daily, daily that light is to burn. Daily that lamp is to bring forth its light. And so we come to an understanding tonight that the very production of this lampstand in this lamp tonight, the candlestick tonight, and the light that comes forth out of that is all pure and holy. And we look at it and say tonight, the only light in the holy place that brings forth light in the holy place is this candlestick. This candlestick tonight. And so he says, don't let it go out. Always be burning. Never, never let it cease to be. The, the eternal light burns forever tonight. Number two, not only the truth of the lamp of God, and we got that, but look at the tragedy of the lamp of God. Back into our text of Samuel, Samuel chapter 1 and verse 3. One of, the, one of the saddest scripture, I would say, probably is this verse here in verse 3. The Bible says, And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord. 
we're the ark of God. You know, what did God just say? What was the truth about the lamp of God? Do not let it go out. It is to be continually burning. And we find we come to this day, this hour, in the days of Eli, the priest tonight, and we find that the lamp of God has went out. That's a sad day for Israel. That's a sad day for you and me. Tonight, the church is the candlestick, according to Revelation. We find that the Revelation chapter 1, verse 20, if you want to look at that, the candlestick that Jesus was speaking of is the churches, the seven churches. The light is Jesus. Tonight, the Bible teaches us that we're the light of the world. The Bible teaches us tonight that we're the temple of God. So within the temple of God is this lamp. The lamp is Jesus who brings forth the light, which is holy and eternal. And tonight, the Bible is teaching us tonight in a spiritual sense that he says, don't let your light go out. The church, don't let your light go out. Church, don't let your light go out and get dark. Church, Christian, don't let your light go out. Tonight, you and I have a responsibility to the whole world tonight to not let the light go out. You and I have accountability tonight as a church tonight for our community and for our neighborhoods and for our families. It's don't let the light go out in the church. Amen. Don't let the light go out in you tonight. Tragedy when it does go out. Now, tonight, how does that happen? I mean, everybody in this room right here, you say, when I got saved, God lighted me. God set my heart afire. God began to burn in me. God is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And because he's the light of the world, I'm the light of the world. And I am, uh, the Bible teaches me that I am in the inheritance in light tonight. I am the children of light tonight. Amen. Everything the Bible teaches us tonight in the New Testament is that the, you as the temple of God has the light within you. And the light must not go out. But what happens when the light goes out and why would it go out? Well, let's find out. We find here tonight in the midst of this day of the day of Samuel and the day of Eli. We notice, number one, the lost in the temple of God. The lost in the temple of God. You see, tonight that will be equivalent to you and I tonight of having a church of lost people. That's how the light goes out. The church is made up of lost people or the lost people that are in the church. We find there tonight that there were priests that were serving. Look at 1 Samuel with me tonight in chapter 1 in verse 3. Chapter Chapter 1 of Samuel, verse 3, And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord uh, tonight. And he says, uh, In Shiloh, and the two sons of Eli, Hophaniah and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. Now these two men were priests. These two men were in the, in the temple. These, pre these two men were the, doing the service or the work in the temple. 
uh, these two men here were about the people or coming of uh, the people that were coming to worship they were the priests that was addressing them they were the priests that was handling them they were the priests that was about the worship of God uh, they were there to assist they were there to accomplish uh, they were there to bring forth a worship bring forth a sacrifice for the people amen and so you'll find that these two men here uh, Hophni Phinehas and also Eli uh, this says that in verse 3 all three of them were the priest so we kind of start looking and say okay well they they served the priest did serve and we find as we begin to look more and deeper we find in chapter 2 and in verse 17 concerning of uh, these two boys Bible says that Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee. Uh, chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 17. Uh, the Bible says, Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. And so now we have priests that were serving, but we got priests that were sinful. We're talking about men in the church that were leaders of the church, men that were, were bringing forth the things of God in the church. Uh, they were making things take place in the church, but they were sinful. You saw the church tonight, how does the light go out? The light goes out when there's people in the church that's the leaders of the church, that's in, in front of the church, that's guiding the church and moving the church, and they're there's sinful in their lives. Two things the Bible teaches of this sin that was very great before them. Number one was greed. Chapter 2 in verse 13, it tells us of that greed. It says, uh, and the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came, and while the flesh was on a seething, and with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand, he struck it under the pan or the kettle or the cauldron or pot, and all the flesh hook brought up the priest took of himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before the burnt of the fat, the priest's servant came, said to the man of the sacrifice, Give fresh roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh for thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as the soul desireth, and he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it to, to me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Greed. And friend, we find tonight that the leaders, the ones that were in charge, the priests of this day of the temple tonight, were uh, full of greed. All they wanted was what they wanted. They were full of selfishness. They were full of what they desired that they wanted. They wanted the best of the sacrifice. They wanted things that didn't belong to them. They wanted things that they shouldn't have. Uh, they wanted things to go their way. And friend, we find that in the church today. Not only is the priest or the pastors or the leaders or those that are in charge tonight or the men of the church who are supposed to be the leaders of their home and the leaders of the church tonight, you'll find them doing service this that and the other uh, they're just not sitting around they're just not playing around but in their lives tonight they're full of sin they're full of wickedness they're full of greed they want more and more and more and more and they can't ever get enough and they keep on taking the people of God's money they take the people of God's time they take the people of God's efforts and energies and the sacrifices that they make and they bank on that and they get more than they ever ever had and they're full of greed tonight yeah. and we find that in the church in the temple here as well greed 
Number two, this great sin that God was talking about in the, in the pre-sinfulness. Now we're talking about how to let the light go out. We find there was lust. Chapter Samuel chapter 2, look in verse 22. Now Eli was very old and heard that all the sons he did unto the Israel and how they laid with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Lust. These men, whenever they came forth to bring forth a worship or for sacrifice and, and all that they would require of the people tonight, these two priests or three priests would take care of that for them. But in the inside of these priests, not only were they greedy, but they were lustful. They were having sexual relationships with women at the altars. They had a woman problem. They had a sexual problem. Uh, they, had a, they had a wicked problem. They had a problem uh, today that, that would not remove out of their mind and heart tonight. And many leaders and many leaders of homes tonight and many people that are in, in places of leadership in places of authority tonight, not only do they have a place of greed in their heart, but they got lust in their heart. Sin of sexual activity, sin of pornography, a sin of sexual movement and sexual deviancy tonight. And we find tonight all through the churches it seems tonight that sexual movies and sexual songs and sexual boards and sexual on the internet and sexual in Google. It just seems like sexual has just taken over our society. You want the light to go out? This has come to the ways that they might go out. Sin, sexual sin. Tonight we find that these priests were serving, but these priests were sinful. And then second or thirdly tonight, these priests were sorry. They were satanic. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and look in verse 12. The Bible says, and the sons of Eli were the sons of Belial. They knew not God. They knew not the Lord. The Bible says that word Bilal, and not only does it mean the devil or Satan tonight or uh, an evil, uh, it means without profit. And so they were the sons of without profit. They were the sons, it means worthless. It means ungodly. And they knew not the Lord. And tonight we find in many of our churches tonight that many of the preachers or many of the teachers or many of the leaders or many of the deacons and many of the trustees and many of the leaders of the homes. And, and friend, we find tonight and much about the church tonight uh, that there is a sorriness about them. Friend, they are without profit. Uh, they are without tonight use. There's ungodliness in their lives. Uh, Fred, there's a, a, a uselessness about them tonight. Yes, they're serving. And yes, they're going through the motions. And yes, it looks like everything's good. And yes, it looks like everything's all right. But down deep in the soul of the man or the woman tonight, you'll find that they're the sons of Belial. They know not the Lord. You want the light to go out? You'll find the light going out with this. Tonight we understand the lost in the temple of God, don't we? Could be the preacher. Could be the teacher. It could be the singer. It could be the leader. It could be the man, the woman. It could be just anybody. Full of sin, full of greed, and full of lust. The sons of Allah. They don't even know the Lord. You say, can that be possible? It's possible this day. It'll be possible this day as well. Number two, 
Not the, the loss tonight in the temple, but the laziness in the temple of God. The laziness in the temple of God. We find tonight that the lack of action towards sin in the temple of God. The lack of action towards sin in the temple of God. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 22. The Bible says, And Eli was very old and heard that his sons did unto Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. He said unto them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sin against another, the the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of the Father, because the Lord would slay them. What we find tonight is a lack of action towards sin in the temple of God. And that's how the light will go out tonight. It's whenever there is a lack of action in your home, dear daddy, towards sin. You know of the sin. You have the sin before you. You recognize the sin. And you allow the sin. All you ever do with the sin is talk about it. All you ever do is address it. All you ever do is communicate it. All you ever do is say to your children, uh, listen, child, listen, boy, listen, girl, I know you're in sin. I know what you're doing is sin, and uh, that's not good, and, and that's not going to be very good, and you know what, I hate that, and I wish you wouldn't do that, and I'm going to ask you to stop it, and they don't listen to you. They just walk off. And then churches today who know of sin, who know of the sin, who the people are in sin, and they went, when they find out about the sin, all they want to do is talk about it. All they want to do is communicate about it. All they want to do is just share and listen. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Can you think you can do a little better? You think you can straighten this out? You think you can put that down? You think you can lay that aside? Oh, yeah, you can keep your class. You can keep preaching. You can keep teaching. You can keep coming. You can keep doing. You just don't change anything what you're doing. But just we just got to let you know that we know about your sin and we know about your lifestyle and we know what's going on. Now, we're not going to do anything about it. We're just telling you would you kind of just not do that and they just keep walking they don't hearken that's what's happening in the temple here it's happening friend and and you know what uh, god is not pleased with that tonight and, and god will not allow that to be carried on and god will not allow that to keep on going and so we find the talk uh from eli to his children the sin there was no action toward that sin it was all talk and in verse 25 we see the walk see anytime all you do is talk to your children all you do is talk to your members. You're going to find them just walking on. They're not going to hearken unto you. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to what you have to say. They're not going to listen to what you have to, what you, how you feel and how hurt you are and how embarrassing you are and, and how whenever the judgment of God is going to come upon them. Uh, they don't care about any of that tonight. And yet tonight the lack of action towards sin in the temple tonight has took the, took the lamp of God and it died. It went out. Laziness. And that's just lazy, Father. That's just lazy, preacher. That's just lazy of those who are in, 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 in authority and those who are in leadership tonight who find out there's sin amongst you and sin in you and you don't do anything about it but talk about it. 
You say, well, how do you think God may have felt about that? Well, look in chapter 3 with me. And uh, look there in verse 13. He says, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. You know it. Because his sons made themselves vile and restrained them not. You see, tonight it's not the talking of it, it's the restraining of it. Tonight it's not the communication telling how much you love them, tell them how much you care for them, and how much you want them to do right, and how much you want him to straighten out. It's not all of that tonight, it's the restraining of them. And God said, you knew, Eli. You knew about your sons and its greed. You knew about your sons and their lust. And it was in the house of God, in the temple of God, under my name. And you did nothing but talk to them. And they walked from you in the midst of your talk. And you didn't restrain them. And because of that, Eli, your children are going to die and so are you. That's not the worst part. The worst part is the lamp of God went out. That's the worst part. And so tonight we find, how do we allow that to happen? Well, here's, here's the second thing tonight. The laziness in the temple of God. Just become lazy at home, become lazy at church, become lazy. And you'll find that the lack of action towards sin in the temple. And number two, the lack of attachment to God in the temple of God. Second, first, first Samuel chapter 2, verse 29. The Bible says, Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice. Well, let's read verse 28. He said, I, I did choose him out of the, all the tribes. This is God speaking. The man of God is speaking to Eli. He's saying, I did choose him out of the, all the tribes of Israel to be my priest and to offer upon mine altar to burn incense to wear an ephod before me. And did I give unto the house of the Father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering, which I commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the cheapest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. So nor is there a lack of action towards sin in the temple of God, but there is a lack of an attachment to God in the temple of God. In other words, what he was saying to them is that you're, the family is more valuable than I am. He said that right there in verse 29, and honorest thy sons above me. Man, I have called you. I have done what I've done with you. I've asked you to be part of who I am and what I am. And your sons are now in wickedness and in vileness. And all you do is talk to them. And when they talk to you, they just hearken not unto you. And you didn't restrain them. And because of that, Eli, I'm just letting you know of the reason why that I'm not very happy with you is because you have honored your sons above me. And tonight, when you allow sin to go on in your home, you're honoring your, those people who commit that sin above God. And, and pastor, and whenever you allow sin in the church tonight without handling and dealing with it tonight, you say to God, God, I will honor my church member above you. You want the light to go out? This is just how you can do it. The lack of attachment to God in the temple of God. 
your family is more valuable. People are more respectable. See, you respect people more than you do God. You honor me. You honor them more than you honor me or above me. In other words, the people that's involved in this sin tonight, uh, you won't deal with them in a way of restraint. You deal with them in a way of talking, but you won't handle the situation. And God said, you just honor them above me. The people tonight who's involved in that is more respected by the individual that's a father or a mother or a preacher or somebody else in authority is more respectable of that individual who's living in sin than they are of God. Amen, Brother Larry. Man, you want your life to go out. This is how you get it going. And we find tonight that God is saying your family is more honorable. Your family is more valuable. Yourself is more desirable. See, because he's saying that you honor your sons above me. It's saying, Eli, you are more desirable of your selfish wants, of your selfish desires, than you are my desire. You are more uh, apt to give yourself a, a friend of honor and make me of dishonor. Tonight, it's a serious matter. When you and I want to have revival, and you want God to move in our lives, you want God to show up and appear and manifest himself, and you want God to do a work in our home and in our church and in our heart tonight. Friend, you've got to deal with sin tonight. If you don't deal with sin tonight, you'll find that you'll honor God more than you honor. You honor them more than you honor God. Yourself is more desirable. Friend, I'm just letting you know tonight, God wants to revive us. But are we revivable? God wants to send a fire. But does God have anybody he can put the fire in? We already have the light of Jesus within us tonight. He said, let it shine continually. But you won't let it go out tonight. You can do this by the lack, by the lack tonight of action towards sin in the temple of God and the lack of attachment to God in the temple of God. You're more attached to your children, more attached to your wife, more attached to the members of the church, more attached to those than are to God. And God said, you'll pay for that. We see tonight, thirdly, noise of the lack tonight of action towards sin but then there's the lack of affection towards God. But then there's the lack tonight. I mean, lack of uh, attachment to God. But the lack of affection for the candlestick and the temple of God. The lack of affection for the candlestick, for the lamp of God and the temple of God. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 27. The Bible says, And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when thy, they were in the Egypt in, uh, in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of the, all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer him of mine altar, to burn incense to wear an ephod before me? And did I give him the house of my father, all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? 
Wherefore kick you at my sacrifice and my offering, which I commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the cheapest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be far from me, for that for them that honor me I will honor, and them that despise me shall be slightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, and there shall not be an old man in thine house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation and all the wealth which God hath given Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man, uh, and the man of thine whom I shall not cut off from the mine altar shall be con to consume thine eyes, to grieve thine heart, and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flowers of thy age. And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons, Hophanah and Hophanah, and one day they shall die, both of them. Now this is the words of the man of God that God has sent to Eli and said, you will die, Eli, and your children will die. And yet there was still no movement of Eli. Do y'all see any movement in Eli? No. I mean, you know, if, if God would come to us tonight, come to your home and say, listen, Daddy, listen, Mama, I see that you honor your family more than you honor me. I see that you allow sin to be rampant in your home. You watch it on TV. You listen on the radio. You play it on the games. You, you have it all around you and all in you. And yet you do nothing about it. I tell you what, what's going to happen is, is you're going to die and your children's going to die. Would you just go on as usual? God comes to the church, says to the church, hey, hey, pastor, he says you got sin in your church and you're not doing anything about it and, and uh, you're honoring them more than you're honoring me and you know what, you're going to die and, and the members are going to die. Uh, we, we, is there going to be any movement at all? I mean, are we not going to go and say, okay, well, I better get my act together, right? I, I better get right with God. God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I mean, I want to make it right. I want to get it right right now. And whomever I need to go talk to, Eli was his sons, and say, listen, guys, you're fired. You're out of here. You're done. You're through. You're no longer a priest. You go. You're filthy. You're dirty. You're the sons of Belial. Get out of my life. Get out of the temple of God. You're wicked. But I see Eli. No movement at all. We read the story, no movement. We find the words of the man of God still didn't move Eli. And there's many tonight who hear the words of the man of God, and there's still no movement. But when you hear the words tonight, as a man of God has preached, and I'm not lifting myself up, I'm not honoring myself, I say it very humbly tonight uh, because I'm not a very good man of God, but I believe that God has called me to preach, and I believe that, uh, that God has made me the man of God of this church here to preach the Word of God tonight. And you heard the man of God preach the Word of God concerning how you're going to get your light to be turned out, and it's going to be over greed and sin tonight and not dealing with it and not doing anything about it tonight after you know it in your home and in the church tonight. And some of us will leave church tonight we'll go eat our popcorn and drink our coke and we'll lay on our fluffy pillow and we'll say our prayers now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord's soul to keep if I should die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul to take amen and when our nights are knocked out and we'll get up in the morning we'll go right on our day and do what we want to do and we're not hearing listening to the man of God 
And you wonder why the home's dysfunctional. You wonder why the church is empty. You wonder why tonight the world is in chaos. And you wonder why tonight the people are dying and going to hell. And we can't even listen to the man of God. Eli wasn't moved by the man, by the words of the man of God. Number two, not only the words of the man of God, but I noticed the word of God in those days. And get the point now, the lack of affection for the candlestick in the temple of God. The word of God in those days, chapter 3, verse 1. And Samuel, child Samuel, ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Two things tonight. In the days of Eli, in the days of Eli, the word of God was scarce. The word precious means scarce. In the days of Eli, the word of God was rare. I mean, it just wasn't like everywhere, just like it wasn't anywhere. You would think as a priest that God has called over his temple, that he would understand and know and recognize that the word of God is just rare. It seems like something's wrong in our society. It just came out of, this is the same time of judges. And in judges it says they did what was right in their own eyes. They had no king, amen, and they just was running rapid and sinful and wicked in a horrible period of time for the Israelites, and this was that same time, and yet Eli would think and say, listen, I see my surroundings, I see the world that I'm in, I see the nation that I'm about, oh, listen, friend, there is no word of God, it's scarce out there. Has anybody heard from God? No, I haven't. You wonder, you wonder tonight, Eli, what are you doing, man? I mean, you won't restrain your children. I mean, listen, you're, you're, you know that there's no word of God out there. What are you doing? Well, he's not doing anything, it don't look like. And tonight, if you want your light to be turned off or turned out, don't do anything. Don't do anything. The word of God in those days, he had a lack, lack of affection for. He wasn't looking for the word of God. He wasn't desiring the word of God. He wasn't seeking the word of God. Nowhere do you find him praying. Nowhere do you find him doing anything towards God. There, there, there was, the word of God was precious in those days. And Eli, who's the priest, Fred, uh, he had no desire, no seeking, no searching, no hunger, no thirst, not any idea at all in his life to find out where the word of God is at. Not one. We find number two. Not only was the word of God scarce, but the word of God was silent. He said, there was no vision, open vision. Has anybody got anything from God? Did anybody get a dream from God, a vision from God? Did anybody, has anybody heard from God? I mean, listen, it seems like God is silent. Tonight, I would think tonight, if you come to the house of God, and every time you come here, he's silent to you. You'd say, oh, boy. And your house or your home. And you're teaching a Bible study. You're going through a devotion. And it's just silent. I would think you'd do something about it. Oh, not Eli. Eli, there was no open vision. 
There was no, the word of God was scarce. Nothing. It didn't move Eli. So even the word of God in those days didn't move Eli. The, man, the word of the man of God didn't move Eli. The word of God that was commanded. Look at Samuel chapter 3. There in verse 2 and 3, he says, And it came to pass that in the time when Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Now, what did the Bible say in Leviticus? It said to cause the lamps to burn continually. He didn't even care what the Word of God commanded. The Word of God in Leviticus 24 commanded keep those lamps burning three times god said continually 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 so even the command of god's word didn't move eli i'm talking about how you get your light to go out the lack of affection for the candlestick in the temple of god we find in verse 2 and verse 3, he's sleeping. <laughs> it came to pass in the time that Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, and he could not see. He's sleeping. Let me ask you something, Daddy. Let me ask you something, Mama. Let me ask you something, Leader. If there was no vision, the Word of God was silent, and the Word of God was scarce, and we find that ourselves uh, today where, where God said uh, that because you didn't restrain your sons uh, that you're going to die. And because you have honored your sons above me that you're going to die and they're going to die. Wouldn't you think that you wouldn't sleep? Wouldn't you think tonight that you wouldn't be so lazy? Such a slothful individual? Don't you think tonight that, that you would pay much attention to the candlestick? Here the candlestick is went out and Eli is asleep. And tonight that's the look of a church. Their light has went out and they're asleep. Their eyes are dim. They can't see just like Eli. They can't see. They think everything's okay. It reminds me of a president who said our economy is in tip-top shape. Everything is good. Everything is good. Everything is right. Cannot see. And we find in, a, in the world tonight of the church that they are sleeping and the light is gone out. But yet we find that still don't move Eli. Eli's just a dreaming. Just asleep and he's just relaxing. Nobody's concerned about the light. Where is Eli? I mean, where is Eli? Where is the two sons? Where are the priest? They are responsible to keep the light. They're responsible to keep the lamp, putting the pure olive oil in the lamp so that they will continually to light, continually to burn. Does anybody care about the lamp of God? Does anybody care about the church in its light? 
Does anybody care about each other's light? Is anybody concerned tonight about the light or the lamp of God in the temple? Is anybody concerned tonight about the lamp or the light of God in the church tonight? Is anybody committed to keep the light burning? Is anybody committed to keep your light burning? To keep the church light burning in Stafford, Texas? To keep the light burning on, on 211 Brand Lane so that folks can see Jesus, the light of the world? Is anybody at all committed or concerned or cares about the lamp of God? It wasn't in Eli's day. Nobody cared. Nobody concerned. Nobody committed. The Bible says that the lamp of God went out. Who cares about the lamp going out in our church? I hope you'd say, brother, I care. I care. I care. I'm going to search my heart tonight. I'm going to make sure that if there's any sin in me, I'm going to get that right. And as a leader, as a father, and a mother, and as a preacher, and as anyone else who's in leadership tonight, we'll search our heart and say, do we know something that God knows that we haven't restrained? God, I'm going to get that right with you. God, is there anything in my life, in my heart tonight? I want to know that you know that I care about the light. I want this church's lamp to light. I want each of us up tonight who has the light of God within them to burn. To burn. Anybody care? I'll tell you what, brother, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God would sin and light our light. God would sin and burn that fire. I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast, Brother Larry. I'm going to, I'm going to pray, Brother Larry. I, I, I'm going to do all that I can. I'm going to come every night on the 24th to the 28th. I won't miss a meal. I won't miss a preacher. I won't miss a song. I'll be here, Brother because I am concerned about the light. Not only in me, but the light in this church and the light of others. I will be here. Friend, it don't give me much confidence for anybody and everybody just to miss church services over something stupid. Your light ain't so bright. Who cares about the light? It's no longer shining. Who cares tonight that the light has gone out? I'm going to tell you who cares. God, God cares tonight. We'll tell you something else who cares. Samuel. Can I say number three? And I know it's one minute to my closing day. Number three tonight. Not only the, as we notice the tragedy of the lamp of God, we just preached on that, the truth of the lamp of God, but I want to show you the turn, the turning on of the lamp of God. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12. If you turn there with me, the people of God praying in the will of God. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 12. It says, And it came to pass as she continued praying, talking about Hannah, before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now, tonight I want to say that God knew Eli. 
And I'm going to say secondly tonight that God knew Samuel. Chapter 1 of verse 2, it says, And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Phanel. And Phanel had children, and Hannah had no children. God made her barren. Stick with me now. I'm fixing to make a point. God knew Eli. God knew Samuel. God knew Samuel because God made Hannah barren. God made Hannah conceive as well. First, first Samuel chapter 1 verse 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee the petition that thou ask of him. And then look there in verse 20. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about that Hannah had conceived, she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. God not only made Hannah barren, but God made Hannah conceive, but God knew Hannah as well. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. And she said, O my Lord, as thou so liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. When we see that Hannah knew, knew in her heart, and Hannah knew her will. She knew in her heart that God was going to give her a son and God gave her a son and God knew her heart and God brought forth that heart to her and Samuel was born. You know why? Because God cared about the light. God cared about the lamp that went out in chapter 3. He's already taken a barren woman, brought her to conception, and he brought that conception to Samuel because God cared about the lamp going out. <laughs> The servants of God serving in the work of God. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 11. Elkanah went to Ramah to his house and the child, about a six-year-old child, up to 12 years old. If you're 6 to 12, you could be in this uh, of Samuel here. said, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Talking about the servants of God serving in the work of God. I'm talking about people who turn on the lamp of God. The servants of God, not only, not only the people of God praying, but the servants of God serving. Chapter 2 and verse 18, the Bible says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with the linen ephod. Chapter 3, verse 1, and child Samuel ministered unto the Lord. You notice something about that? This was the servant of the Lord. Six years old, seven years old, eight years old, ten years old, twelve years old, a servant of the Lord. What's wrong with you? You that are 6 and 7 and 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18. What's wrong with you? You're something that you don't want about the Lord? Is something that you don't think the serving the Lord is, is your deal? You think it's odd? You think it's weird? You think it's wrong? You think it, uh, what's wrong with you? Why is you ain't serving the Lord at this age? You ever thought about that? Young child, young man, teenager. See, his heart was given to the Lord. That's why he was ministered to the Lord. See, if you're six years old, seven years old, 8, 10, 12, 18, 20, 22, 23, 25, uh, if your heart was toward the Lord, you'd serve too. But because your heart's not toward the Lord, you're not going to serve. And the light will go out. 
His head was with the Lord. He had his head on. He had his, he had his mind right. He had his thinking straight. He ministered to the Lord. His eyes was on the Lord. He wasn't looking at, he wasn't looking at the sons of Eli. He wouldn't say, boy, them old bad boys there. I'm telling you, man, there's something right there. Little Eli. Eli, big old, he was a heavy guy. Right? That big old take up a lot of inner, take a lot of the space guy. You know, he's overweight. Every time I see him, he's laying down sleeping. You know, I, what I'm telling you, uh, he didn't see none of that. He, wasn't, he, he didn't see all the sin, all the greed, all the lust. He didn't see Eli not restraining his boys. He didn't see all that going on tonight. You know what he saw? He saw the Lord. His head was in the Lord. His, his heart was in the Lord. That's all. And friend, this is how you're going to get that light turned on. Just get your head right. Get your heart right. Get your eyes fixed. Amen. I tell you something else. His ears was of the Lord. Look at this in, in this First uh, Samuel chapter 1 and verse 28. It says, Therefore also have I lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. He worshiped the Lord. And here lastly, and I close, chapter 3. I read it a while ago. The followers of God obeying the will of God. And I'll read this and I'll finish it on Wednesday. But he says this. He hears the voice. The Lord called Samuel. He answered, here am I. Samuel runs to Eli. Yes, sir, what do you want? I didn't call you, boy. Go back to bed. He goes back to bed. Here the Lord calls again. Samuel. Here am I. He runs to Eli. Eli said, now listen, man, I, I, I didn't call you. I, I didn't call you at all. Go back to bed. Finally, the Lord calls him again. Eli, Eli. He said, uh, he said, Samuel, Samuel. We find that the Eli, the man of God, this is what people who follow God, they obey the will of God. Because see, Eli was a man of God in the sense that God has put him in that place. Now, he didn't do right, but, he's, but he, he did what he did, but he's still the man of God. So he tells Eli, Eli, if somebody else calls your name again, it's the Lord. And you say to the Lord, speak, here am I. You see, that's a follower. That obeys the will of God. And the problem with some of us tonight is when somebody tells you what to do and tells you how to do it, you won't receive the instruction. The Bible says a fool receiveth not instruction. And you won't listen to anybody telling you how to do it, what you do, and when to do it. Tonight you're a fool. But Samuel heard what Eli had to say. And you'll find that revival took place. Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. We'll have to finish this on Wednesday night. You can call this a commercial or just a break.
I'd hope that you're pretty interested, though, to hear the rest of the message this on Wednesday night. I'll try to be faithful to give it to you. I wonder tonight, is there any possible way tonight that you can be revived? Has your light went out? Is your light going out? Is there a dimming going on in your life? Are you as bright as you ever been? It's things tonight bringing your light to go out. Keep your light. Keep your light lit. Keep your light going. Keep your light burning. I pray that you are. You sing, brother. If you need to come, you come. and They say, Lord, I, I need to be revived. Search my heart. Search my heart. God, don't allow the lamp of God to be burned out. <laughs> my family needs the light that's in me. My church needs the light that's in me. My family needs the light. My co-workers, my neighbors need the light. Don't let the light burn out. Keep my light burning, Lord. God, burn. Burn in me. Burn in my church. God, let all the world of darkness know that there's a light, a light right here. A light that's burning for God. Some have come. Would you come tonight? And begin to cry out to God and ask God, God, let my light burn. There's a scripture tonight. It says, so let your light shine. That man may see your light and glorify your Father which art in heaven. You are the light of the world. How about you tonight? God, make us lamps unto you that the world of darkness will see and that our lamp would light in the midst of darkness. Please, God, hallowed be thy name. Save the soul that is lost tonight. Please. I beg you. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name tonight. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. God, has been sobering to my heart. Uh, God, to see that this light went out and, and some reasons why. God, that will not be in the same situation. God, we'd learn from Eli and earn from the word of God. God, that these might be examples of the Old Testament so that we of, of this day, God, don't have to follow in those footsteps. God, I know that you've lit a lamp in our hearts when we got saved. I know that Jesus is the light of that lamp. And I pray tonight, Lord, in the midst of this world, this of darkness, that our light will shine. God, would you send us a revival? Dear God, so that we could shine brighter. We beg you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Draw. 